Hello listeners, welcome to part two of Gamers on the Go's 50th episode, Big Blowout. So the you've listened to the first episode, hopefully. If you haven't, you can go into GamersOnTheGo.com uh, or check your iTunes feeds and find that first part. That that one, that first part talks about our favorite games of 2015, and our favorite handheld games of 2015, of course. And this section, part two, part B, whatever you want to call it, uh, this focuses on our favorite non-Nintendo platform handheld games of all time. Uh, I know it's a, it's a big, uh, big mouthful, but uh, we wanted to try to get some different games on these kinds of all-time great games lists. So, um, so that's the way we went with it. Zach actually had to leave early, Zach Fleeman, one of our guests. So he ended up giving his list of non-Nintendo platform and Nintendo platform uh, all at once. So that's why you'll hear those quickly. And then on the third part, you'll just get to hear me and Matt Jaguar talk about uh, our favorite uh, Nintendo platform handheld games of all time. Uh, but this one's all about the non-Nintendo, so sit back, relax, and enjoy, and we'll see you for the third part too, hopefully. So that was our top five games of top five handheld games of 2015 for all three of us. Uh, I think we all have some pretty spectacular lists, codename Steam notwithstanding. Uh, and now uh, uh, we know Zach has uh, Zach has some <laughs> Zach has some rather limited time uh, left. Yeah, so people we're, are wanting this computer to play, keep talking, and nobody explodes. That's a really great reason uh, yeah, to want a computer. A that is a really fantastic reason to want a computer. So we're gonna yeah. let Zach uh, run down his lists for. Uh, his top five Nintendo platform handheld games of all time, and his top five non-Nintendo platform handheld games of all time. Uh, let's start with the non-Nintendo, and okay. uh, and let's. I mean, you you kind of pick whether you either want to just run down your list real quickly, or like say a little paragraph, uh, or say a little piece between each game. But I'll let you just kind of have the floor, and uh, you just run down that list for us. I'll okay. just provide audible gasps. <laughs> so the, the the non-Nintendo list actually opened my eyes to how just how bonkers like non-Nintendo handheld games are. Not bon- like the games themselves, but like that's a weird market. Like it's all mostly iOS stuff. Yep. I don't know. I know. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's I, mean, I feel like I wish I had a Neo Geo Pocket or <laughs> yeah, a Vita. Right. Yeah. And my game would be a little bit more fuller, but I. Yeah, I have neither. Nintendo has just dominated over the years, and it, mm. it makes it really hard to come up with choices that aren't, you know, from this from this decade because they're just. What do you? Who? How many great Game Gear games were there? Not many. Uh, not yeah, many. Yeah. All right, Zach, those go ahead. Are, um, let's see. Drop seven. Two. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, shit! Yeah. Yeah, such a good game. Um, <laughs> Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery on iPad. Yeah, there I, I, I have that on Steam, but it's just like I, I don't know how to play that game. Not on it, iPad. it's definitely yeah, it's definitely something designed for a touch device. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a great game. Uh, Little Big Planet PS Vita. 
Anyone? Anyone? I don't have yeah, I don't know what you're Yeah, Chase and I have had words. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Little Big Planet. But yeah, that's that's the definitive way to play Little Big Planet, and it's on a video, so that that makes my list for that reason. And then, uh, surprise, I only have four games on this list, and the top <laughs> one is um, Device 6. Okay. Yeah, I know just, I know how much you like Device 6. That's a, that's a cool game. It's yeah, I still really need to play that game. I, I never uh, finished it. I can't believe I keep blanking on uh, purchasing that. Yeah. So those are my top five for other uh, <laughs> non-Nintendo games. Yeah, those are good. And that was kind of in no particular order, but Device 6 is number one. Okay. <laughs> well, cool. Well, yeah, I know I'll be talking more about Drop 7 for sure. Um, Sword and Sorcery, That was a. I know that was an episode that you and I did together. That was a good episode, and... Yeah. Oh, I love that game. That's a really yeah. Good I game. believe in that episode. I said art house unironically, and I want to hit myself. <laughs> but <laughs> it's definitely that. But it's so much more. I was a younger man. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want me to do my top five Nintendo games? Yeah. Let's, sure. let's just do it. Okay. In no particular order. Uh, WarioWare Mega. Jeez, this is hard to say. Mega Micro Games. Really, the first one. Mm-hmm. First one, yeah, I, I just fall in love with that one. I, I actually do pick that up like every other year and play through it again. I love it. Um, and then as far as like handheld Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, like there's been a lot of mobile or handheld Zelda games, but that one is definitely just the best. I think. I think that's I fair. I, I, I love. I love yeah, it's the a or- very, very. It's a really good game. In fact, it is a fantastic game. I love the Oracle games and had a lot of fun with uh, Link's Awakening too. But yeah, Link Between Worlds mm-hmm. is the best one of those. And I think, uh, as a shout-out, I don't know if I would ever go back and play a Pokemon game again, but I spent so much time in Pokemon Blue that I just have to put... Pokemon yeah, there we go, there we go, my blue squad. Man, yep. I, I wonder if anyone else is going to bring up that game. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to, but we'll, we'll get to it uh, later. It's not, so Pokemon Blue is on my list, Pokemon Leaf Green is. Uh, it's GBA version. Damn. That's, so, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you it was a really tough decision for me of which which version of that to do like not not version as in color but like the game the original game boy game versus the gba remake those that was a tough call yeah um but then my number one is donkey kong 94 which shouldn't be surprising considering that's i was on a show about that one yeah not 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 at all surprising but very well deserved very very well such a oh man it's that change from the original Donkey Kong into the main game is so just like what? What the hell is happening here? Yeah, like it's how so did, good. It's just that existed twenty years ago. Uh, yeah, it did. It's absolutely crazy. The, the final boss battle. Oh my god. And then uh, I guess uh, I only had four on this one, but I have to throw out uh, some form of Mario Golf or Mario Tennis on the Game Boy Color. Yeah. Those, those Camelot games. Those were yeah. really good. Yeah. So, those are mine, and I am, like, getting forced off this computer, so I will have to talk to you guys a little bit later. All right, sounds uh, great. Thank you, Zach. Thank you very yeah, much, Zach. Uh, Matt, I look forward to talking to you next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe sooner, who knows? All right, see you guys later. See ya. Bye. That was a good list. Yeah. One-third of the way through this show, folks. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah it's going to pick up a little bit here. Yeah. Like, it was, it was just tough. It was tough to... I liked I liked making this distinction of not just Nintendo and non Nintendo because I still think you're going to get tons of games on Nintendo platforms that weren't specifically made by Nintendo that would make lists like this. But this 
really made us think outside the box in terms of in terms of those other things, getting onto games from the Vita and games yeah. uh, on iOS and and uh, you know if if you have if you have a Game Gear game out there like a, Game Gear got a really good port of Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I am just saying. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. I just never played it. Like I never owned a Game Gear because a they were so expensive and right. b like the battery drain was just outrageous on that thing. It it was a shame. That's that's what really killed it. Well, to be but fair, the the screen was beautiful, man. That was that was nice, nice piece of kit and hardware right there. To be fair, the only reason I know that's a good port is because I played the 3DS Virtual Console version of the Game Gear version of dr robotics mean yeah and that's the thing you can you can easily get some of these games on the game like on the virtual console but yeah i've always wanted to check out the shining force i should definitely check that one out is for as big a fans as you and i are of camelot games like that is absolutely a a big gap in my gaming history Mm -hmm. that i that i want to fix like i love camelot as a developer their rpgs like are just like other than the first golden sun are just a blank spot yeah, well, well, you know, we'll we'll talk about that more in in a second. <laughs> I imagine. Well, let, let me. I'll, I'll I guess uh, run down my top five non Nintendo handheld games, and I'll, I'll just preface this like this was really hard for me. Uh, for at least this top five list was hard for me just because I, like I said, don't really own any Game Gears. I own a PlayStation Portable, but it doesn't work unfortunately, yeah. so I can't really use it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at trying to get that fixed. Uh, if it's cheaper than just trying to find another one, uh, and a Vita, I, you know, I have a PS4 now, and getting a Vita is very like something I want to do later on, just for the remote play aspects of it. And it had it, like you know, feels like oh, there's nothing coming out for the Vita, but it has a sizable library. It's it's not like uh, has the most first party hits that you can think of. Like there are a couple there that I would definitely want to check out on it, mm-hmm. but. Uh, most of them are like any games that I could get on a computer that I have played on a computer and like, okay, you know, that's good, but I don't really want to just buy it solely for a but there are enough reasons for me to get it now that I do want to get one. But, uh, pretty much the reason why my list is all iOS games is because, you know, these are the ones that I feel are the, uh, best ones I've played. Fine by me. I'm actually really interested to hear what you have to say. Cause I, <laughs> I imagine I probably haven't played a good portion of these. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. All but, right. uh, Certainly my number one uh, will be no surprise, but my number five uh, is Peggle, Peggle Classic for the uh, iOS. Uh, this originally came out on PC, PopCat game that kind of like pretty much put them on the map yep. uh, before Plants vs. Zombies. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much the Peggle game you find on the PC just for iOS devices or Android devices, I assume now at this point too. Uh, you can also get on a DS and uh, I'm sure there's a Vita version, right? Oh, I don't know. I think when the Vita came out, Peggle was kind of on its way out. It it might be on there, but... But it's such a nice, like, charming, simple game where you just shoot a ball and it just, you know, hit the orange pegs and that's how you clear the board. And, you know, you do trick shots and you get bonus items. But it's just so simply addictive that even though I played it to death on the PC when I got this on my iPod Touch way back uh, when this first came out, it is, you know, still just as addictive... Uh, it's something you just easily pick up and go that just makes it a really great portable game. Yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I burned out on Peggle real quick, but that's because I I burned real bright. Like mm-hmm. I was I was way into Peggle for a while. It is, I yeah, it is something else quite addictive, and I can't believe I played that much on my PC. Well, you know, it was just screaming to be a play on as you go kind of game yeah no i played that's weird to me because i it wouldn't have made my list because that's not a game i think of as an ios game i have it for ios but 
That is a game that I played on my 360 to begin with. I played yeah, all the way yeah. through on that version, and then I played all the way through again on my Mac laptop. Um, but I I have it for for iOS, but I I barely touched it if ever. Uh, That's good. And, and just for the purpose of my list, is you know, like I said, these are games that I have played. I'm not going to put something I haven't played. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. You shouldn't. Because uh, there are probably vast amounts of iOS games that are better than just straight up uh, dishwater Peggle. But I still think like the core mechanic of Peggle is like really really fun, and it comes with a lot of other iOS games that are kind of similar, like Angry Birds. I consider putting Angry Birds Space on my list just because it is, uh, even though it is a simple game where you know it's the slingshot shoot and knock over stuff. Uh, basic core of the games with a very nice and marketable aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but space, like that was like a game that kind of pushed it a little bit further, uh, and made it kind of its own, but it just got chopped off the list because like, when I think about it, Peggle is just such a great portable game in its own right. There there Um, is zero shame for liking Peggle. Like Peggle is, Peggle is amazing. Everyone, everyone should play Peggle. But if you want something that's like Angry Birds, but I think it's a little better, uh, number four, Desert Golfing. Uh, I talked about wow. this last year on my uh, game of the on our uh, game of the year show that yeah. we did uh, top five last year, and uh, I'm trying to remember the place. I think it was my number four, but it is yeah, it is still a game that it is just so it's so basic and rudimentary, but it's just so keen in its aesthetics that it's just something that you can just easily pick up and play. And yeah, it is that same mechanic of just shoot and uh, almost like a slingshot, shoot the ball into a hole in a 2D plane that. Uh, we all know it's not, I don't assume it's perpetually generated, but still uh, fast, like a desert. I mean, that one, God, that one, I, that one I am blown away by, that, that that would make your list. Like I, It does. It is, it is really, I think, such a good uh, iOS game in particular, or I, an Android game. I don't disagree. Like, I've played a lot of Desert Golf, and it's all your fault. Um, <laughs> like, I, I got through... Multiple thousands of holes of of. Uh, I still haven't gotten that far, but I still like this game. I'll still pick it up. I, I've had to restart it before because getting different phones. I guess and just delete my save. So you know, all that progress gone, but it's still something is relaxing about that to me too. Just like uh, just get the ball in the hole and you can do this. I've seen Final one cactus shot. and one rock, and I've yep. I know that I've played over five thousand holes of that. The desert is vast. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my number four. My number three, I don't know if you've ever played this game, but uh, it's Super Super Mega Worm. I've not played this. What is this? Never ever heard of this game? This what was is... actually a really, really early uh, iOS game. It came out in August 2010. Uh, it's by game developer Deceased Pixel, and basically it kind of reminds me, and it has the same aesthetics of a NES game. In fact, like its cover art is pretty much uh, an ode to that uh, time period, but it reminds me a lot of the uh, Rampage series. Okay. Uh, something, uh, but a little bit more fast-paced. Uh, Rampage meets uh, what's the uh, not Gradius, but the one where you're shooting left and right, and you keep going uh, kind of endlessly to the left and the right. But it's a, a, a shoot 'em up, kind of like Resogun. Uh, uh, Defender. Yes, Defender. Okay. Uh, kind of like Defender, but in this game, you are a giant mega worm that has arisen because the Earth has been polluted so much. It's like you know Godzilla, but you're a giant worm. And your goal is to eat as many people as possible, or as many things. There's a set number of humans you have to eat per level. And uh, you have to keep going because you'll run out of energy by your lifeguard that just gradually goes down. 
or if you get shot later on by either cops, the military will come in, cars that you also can jump off of and gain some height and altitude that has this sort of almost like a Dolphin Olympics 2, uh, oddly enough, uh, kind of sub-game to it, I guess you could call it, or uh, like a extra layer to it. Uh, very much an arcade style. The only thing that kind of holds back is, of course, touch controls. It's just, it feels like a game that should just use a digital D-pad as well, too. Uh, it's shame. You can only get it on iOS. Uh, you can get it on the Mac, but you can also get it on Android as well, too, still. It, it just seems like something that could have been done on the Vita easily. Uh, it's so simple that could, you know, just a quick download and play that's like 99 cents. It is uh, addictively fun and absolutely crazy in its own right. I will check that out. That sounds interesting. Yeah, uh, so that's my number three. My number two, uh, Groove Coaster. Okay. Uh, tell me you've played this one. I, I like Groove Coaster, yeah. Mm. Well, Groove Coaster, if you like rhythm games, and I really do really enjoy rhythm games, it's a Taito Corporation game. Uh, Taito uh, developers Anchoroid and uh, a lot of other uh, classic arcade games. It's pretty much like a standard try and true just tap and hit it to the beat kind of game but it just has such great such a great soundtrack such great like visuals and everything and just the like simple aesthetics of just like tapping or holding it and uh like uh scratching with the the uh touch screen on the uh game itself it's uh very i wouldn't say very deep but still very easy to get into, and uh, one of the best experiences you can get on a handheld device uh, like uh, an iOS, or I don't think it's on uh, Android still, which is a bit, sh- bit of a shame, but mm-hmm. you should definitely check it out if you have an iPhone or an iPad. Yeah, the the very first one, I think, is a really solid game. They did come yes, out with definitely like a- the first one. I've not played any of the other ones, but it is, like, the first one is pretty much my focus here. And the second one is, it's, it's kind of like that free-to-start style. Uh, I think they they did more mm-hmm. packs of stuff. I I, I have it. I, I don't know how much I've actually played of it, so I can't tell you exactly. But like the original Groove Coaster is a is a pretty cool game with some with some pretty awesome pretty awesome tunes in it. Good stuff. Yeah, and uh, well, uh, I guess I'll just get to my number one because it's no surprise. It's Sword Sorcery. It is the game that pretty much uh, opened my eyes to oh, this isn't just you know simple. Uh, free games or very basic games on you know uh, hand, uh, mobile devices, but something that can be a bit more meaningful and very very like rich in presentation and also game design as well too. And yeah, you you and uh, Zach talked about it at length uh, back when uh, was it man uh, 2013 2012. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it absolutely deserves all the praise. It might be a little yeah too artsy for some people but i i still feel like uh what it hits on inside of its own game is something that is just very very dense and just uh, joy to look at and fun to play as well too for sure and and that is one of those games that uh there aren't a whole lot of games that i'm like this with but that is one where i i remember exactly where i was and what i was doing when i played it um when I first played it, it was, um, so I, I don't remember the exact year, but like, this is, I remember it was a Christmas time. I was in Florida with my family. Uh, EGM had, had just gone up in smoke or, or gone up in smoke a little while beforehand. And 
like this, I, I remember listening to Rebel FM as that was happening and that was taking shape. Uh, and Robert Ashley was starting a life well wasted around that time and doing his death of EGM show. Uh, and I remember getting on Twitter at this point. Cause like that was, that was the whole reason I got on Twitter to begin with was because those guys were all scattering and I wanted some way to keep, keep, not keep tabs, but like keep involved with those people, uh, knowing that they were all going their separate ways. And like, this is, this is the way that I can, I can at least have them all in one place again. Uh, and it was a lot of days like listening to podcasts and things of, of those guys as they went their separate ways. And then a lot of nights of playing uh, sword and sorcery. And those were some really cool nights, just like sitting up uh, in bed or like going on the balcony of our hotel room and, and just playing that game in the darkness. And I made sure I only played it in the dark because that game is, is one of the really- games. Yeah, a little scary, but like yeah. more just atmospheric. Like there's, there's very, the atmosphere very, yeah. of that game, especially when the game gets dark and it's dark outside. That just added so much to that game, and and playing it yeah. with headphones and playing it uh, in like this. Uh, uh, well, it's not only like the soundtrack plays a part of it. Like is great. It just plays a part of the game too. Like yeah. the whole aesthetic of like it being like an LP that you flip sides, mm-hmm. and you're in this whole other world in the game is just, like, one of those just amazing moments. Or the whole concert at, the, like, the Solstice, uh, yeah. for example. And uh, as a as a person who, uh, I, as, mu- as many handheld games as I play, I rarely play them with sound. I I am kind of weird about that. That is that is something I, I've just never worried about it. It's never been a big deal. Like, I, I have a certain affinity for Pokemon music just by the amount of time that I've played it. Well, yeah, I've probably heard those songs. I've had the volume up at some points, but I more often than not, I play with the sound down because uh, I, if I am playing it in a car or anything like that, I don't want to bother the other people around me. But so when sword and sorcery is like, Hey, uh, by the way, you probably want to put in headphones when you're playing this game. Like initially I scoff at that. Cause I was just like, Oh, fuck you. Like I, no, no, I, I can play this game however I want. And then no, it's it's meant to be played with sound. It really, it, like, if you're not playing that game with sound, you are missing more than half the game. Uh, so that is the, the, those Jim Guthrie tunes are awesome. And uh, absolutely, yeah. And, like that is that that is a game that got me to think, like, you know what? Maybe I really I'm really discounting these games by not playing uh, with the sound on. And and for specific games like this one, this it really earned asking you to put on headphones. So mm-hmm. that's, that is, it was really a hell of a thing. Yep. Great. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's my number one. I, I, I just had a thought though, that I totally discounted a huge portion of my mobile gaming life. And that's the, the TI 80, uh, three and TI 83 <laughs> plus, uh, calculators by Texas instrument. Uh, the, the, the game of, uh, Galaga and drug wars in particular, they should definitely hold like a, an honorable mention, on, on this list because those are those were absolute time wasters in in my day. That's fair. That's fair. That's uh, talking are... about games that had no sound, very basic, but you know, stealth gaming basically. <laughs> uh, I still feel the the TI eighty version of Galaga is one of the best, uh, just pure shoot 'em up games. And Drug Wars, uh, Drug Wars, uh, I feel is you know it is what it is a, a silly text adventure dumb game 
but I feel like uh, <laughs> in some ways it lives on in a uh, great handheld game that I wish I had put on my list now that I think about it, but <laughs> the, uh, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. Uh, kind of lifting that same kind of mini game, but just putting it inside its own game. It, it is something you know. Something needs to be said about that. Yeah. Oh, good polls. All right, that that's but, a that's a solid list. I I don't think you have five, any right any shame on that list. There's there's some good Thank stuff. Uh, Desert Golf did strike me as as uh, did take me take me back a little bit, but the rest of it, the rest of it, I, feel I, I still feel it's good. I still feel it's a really good game. I put a lot of time into it. I don't know. If I, I, could, up, I don't know up. if I could call it a good game, but it is a game that I put a lot of time into, <laughs> for sure. All right, um, man. I want to. Uh, so for my top five, I, I definitely have five, and I feel solid about this five. But I also feel bad if I didn't mention a couple of games. So uh, you know, bear with me that these are all like unofficial number six. <laughs> okay. Um, Spelunky. Goddamn Spelunky is great. <laughs> I, 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 I still need to try to get into that game. I own it. I've tried it on the PC. It's just, I maybe when I get a Vita, or if it ever comes out on the DS, that seems to be something that uh, would be a great handheld. Yeah, and I, I really wanted to have Spelunky on this list. Um, but Spelunky, uh, I started that game on 360. Uh, I've got a lot of great memories of Spelunky on 360. I've played... I've played a lot on the Vita. I've probably ended up playing more on the Vita than I did on the 360. But it's there's still something about that. When I think back to all my fond memories of it, I think back to the 360 and not necessarily the Vita. So it made it hard to put on this list of handheld games. Um, I, I still think Spelunky is one of the best game, the best designed games ever. Uh, just in all, the way all of its systems work and, and it is it is a hell of a thing. Um, that is that is one amazing game. Um, I pre-ordered that Boss Fight books by Derek Yu, uh, where he's going to talk about. Uh, it's all about Spelunky. It's a whole book about Spelunky, and to hear the designer uh, tell everything about it, like sounds super fascinating. So I can't yeah. wait for that to come out this next year. Um, and when it does, and when I get it read, then. And only then am I prepared to do a podcast on it. Uh, but I just want to make sure that I have as much of that information as possible before I move into that. But Splunky is Splunky is a game I really have a deep affinity for. Um, uh, and then a couple of a uh, couple of PSP games that I that I want to mention: um, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII uh, is is a good game. I, I only played through it once. Uh, I I actually haven't made a, pl- a full playthrough of the regular Final Fantasy 7. So, uh, but I, I mean, I know everything. What part do you get tripped up on? Is it Midgar? Uh, no, it was just, uh, I never had a PlayStation growing up. And uh, eventually I uh, downloaded it on, on Vita and played a good portion of it. And just, uh, I, I never finished it. I, it. It wasn't, it wasn't that I was having a problem. I still don't like active time battle. Uh, uh-huh. and so it just, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it is, it can be a slog. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is out on the PS4 and there is like a three times speed right. option in and that game. So that might help alleviate that kind of, that kind of, you know, grinding. You're right. But at this point, at this point, I am more than willing to wait for the, uh, remake. And I feel like I know the, the remake is going to be something I feel completely different. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. uh I don't know. Like, 
Final Fantasy VII as itself. Uh, when I look back on it, I always play. It, I remember playing it on the PC, uh, like a year, or two, or almost a year and a half after it came out on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I really really enjoyed that game, but it. My enjoyment of it is not the same way some of the hardcore fans had enjoyment. Like, I never bred chocobos. I never yeah. did any of the big side story stuff. But when I look back on it, I'm like, that was a really, like, fun adventure. Uh, and, yeah, like, when I try to go back and play it sometimes, I'm just like, yeah, it's it's definitely of its own time period. And the, the remake is probably going to be something very completely different. I, I hope it is. It, it absolutely should be. Um, I just have had a really weird relationship with Final Fantasy VII in that I, for so long, hadn't played it but knew pretty much everything about it. This was, when I was younger, I kind of went through a phase of um, when I couldn't get a game because it was too expensive, um, I would end up convincing my parents to at least get me the strategy guide for it. <laughs> um, and just uh, and pretend you're playing it by yeah, reading through exactly. the strategy like, guide. Become, yeah, exactly. Become an expert on it in in a way that I could, um, and and I had Nintendo systems growing up, and Nintendo and and Sega systems. So I, PlayStation was just something that was never going to happen. Um, so knowing that I was never going to get to play Final Fantasy VII, that was one of those games where it's like, well, I, I ended up getting the strategy guide for it. So I I read through everything. I know I know exactly what happens. I know how to get Knights of the Round and all this stuff. But I just never physically actually played it. Uh, yeah. or got through it. I, I, I played it much later. But yeah, I, I say love... some of the enjoyment is just is discovering it yourself, too. Sure, absolutely. Um, but I feel like I got that in a different way mm-hmm. by, by reading through the strategy guide. Uh, anyway, but I've, I've then still loved Final Fantasy VII and, and some of the things about it, and that's why, I've, that's why mm-hmm. I really actually liked the Advent Children movie, and I played some of... <laughs> Else. Yeah, it's something. I I enjoy it. It's it's something. I do too, but it's uh, definitely something else. But and, and more to the point, Crisis Core is a game. Whenever I get a PS Vita work, or at least a PS Vita that can, uh, I'm assuming you can play that on the Vita, right? No, you can't. No, which sucks. Something else. Yep. Okay. So well, yeah, is... I'm gonna have to get a working PSP because that is one game I I just because I really enjoyed Final Fantasy VII. I do like the story of it and. It's setting and everything, and the music, that seems like some, uh, like an avenue I want, want to check out. That's right. a side story. This, this is a future podcast for us, because yeah, I, yeah. I, house, I too, had a broken PSP. I bought a new one solely to play Final Fantasy, or Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII and the Metal Gear Acid games, because those are the only games worth playing that, uh, on the PSP that aren't on the Vita, and will never be. That's, that's a shame. Yes, it is a total shame that those games are not on a Vita. Um, but those, I, I have all of those games. I have my PSP. 2016 will be the year that I play through all three of those, or at least start all three of them, and whether I get through them is another matter. But um, I, I remember playing Crisis Core many years ago and lapped up all that story stuff. Um, it, I, I wouldn't say I'm like a super fanboy for Final Fantasy VII, but I I do enjoy that story uh, and enjoy a lot of those characters. So to get all this background on Zack uh, was was interesting to me. I actually really liked the combat of it and the way that you combine uh, the materia things that are going on in there. I like the the little um, uh, slot machine roulette wheel thing that's going on in the in the top corner that just kind of randomly grants you bonuses during the combat. 
there's so many things that I forgot about that game that I like that I remember liking. I just can't. I have a feeling of remembering how much I liked that game, and I I want to get that back. So uh, that's something I'll be playing in 2016. Again, only an honorable mention here. It's good, but because those memories are fuzzy, it doesn't quite crack. And then uh, and then another PSP game that you can play on a Vita. Uh, is Dissidia Duodecim Final Fantasy. I was going to say, where, where's uh, Duodecim coming in here? So I really like Dissidia. I probably like, I, I've played the first Dissidia a hell of a lot more than Duodecim, but Duodecim is a better game, so mm. people should play that one if they're going to just play one. Yeah, um, those are two other games that, like, you know, I, I wish I had time to play that and the system to play it on, because mm. those seem, like, absolutely crazy uh, especially the, the source material it's uh, driving from. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the combat system in there. I, I think uh, it's all very stylish. Uh, it is it is very much like, hey, we saw Advent Children and wanted to make a game yep. that played like that, and that is awesome. Uh, hey, we, we want to make our Dragon Ball Z game. Yeah. Let's just use Final Fantasy characters. Pretty much. I, and, and I love Final Fantasy, but uh, again, it's not just Final Fantasy VII. It's the whole series that I have had pretty pretty big love-hate relationship stuff with. Um, there are mechanics and system requirement things that have kept me from playing a lot of those games. We talked about the PlayStation thing, and that's why I haven't played 7 through 10, I guess. I, 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 own, I own 7 and 10 on uh, other systems now, uh, but have never finished either of them. Uh, Final Fantasy 3 is the... the the real three, not the not the three that came here. Is... <laughs> you should really play three slash six. Yeah, I know I should. I started it. I just uh, I never got through it. Again, I have a. I really do not like the active time battle uh, mechanics, which has kept me from finishing five, finishing four, uh, really giving a shot to six, finishing seven, and playing eight and nine. I haven't even yeah, played those. It, it, it just must be me because I. That, that never ever bothered me in in RPGs. Like ever since I played Super Mario RPG two, it's just like, wow, this is fun. Are there any more games like this? <laughs> and lo and behold, yeah, duh. Yeah, I just man, I just can't. I couldn't do it. I <clears throat> and and I think Final Fantasy one and Final Fantasy two are a little too arcane. Um, Final Fantasy three for the, yeah, Final Fantasy three for the DS was it was fantastic, and I really like that stuff. Anyway. Not the point. The point is, because I've had such problems getting into Final Fantasy games before, Duodecim is kind of my way in, where I can enjoy Final Fantasy in a way that uh, that is fun for me instead of having problems with the active time battle stuff. So uh, Duodecim is a really cool thing, um, and it's it's got lightning in it, which I guess is cool. Like I, yeah, I, play, I actually kind of play with Cloud just because I think he's one of the better characters. Um, but... That's a cool game. Anyway, those those aren't even my top five. Uh, I'm sorry that took so yeah, long to do my honorable mentions. Gravy of this. <laughs> um, uh, all right, number five is Kingdom Rush Frontiers for iOS. Uh, this is the second Kingdom Rush game. Um, the first one is good. The third one is not. Uh, but the second one is the perfect sweet spot. So this is a tower defense game uh, on iOS, and I really don't like tower defense generally um i've i've played a, a number of them haven't really enjoyed them desktop tower defense uh ninja town um pixel junk monsters not not a big fan of any of them but kingdom rush is just kind of perfect and the second one 
does a great job with uh, the way it, it has... I mean, the first one also has branching paths in the way that you upgrade your towers, but the second one, I think the upgrades are smarter. Uh, the strategy is there. It's It's a challenging game, but it's easy enough that it allows you to take on the challenges in different ways and come up with different strategies. Uh, there's, there's not, I mean, there, there has to be a best, most efficient strategy, but there are lots of strategies that, that just kind of work, uh, and that you can, you can kind of experiment. It's a game that allows you to experiment. And I think that is, is great for a tower defense because many of them just get so hard that it forces you to go through the best practices mode. Um, and, and being able to have a little bit more freedom in the way that I put in my towers and come up with my strategy is is neat. Uh, I think they did a great job upgrading the way the hero system works. Um, so we're in the first Kingdom Rush. You just had a hero unit that moved around and could attack uh, enemies that wherever you put him. Uh, he would level up in the different missions. But then those levels would go away and start fresh when you played a new level. So this time they made that more permanent of you really actually did build up your hero units as you played. It gave it, it gave it a really light RPG mechanic, but it was something that I appreciated that had some permanence in there that that um, that made it worth going back to again and again. Uh, it's a it's a cheap game on iOS. I, it was only a few bucks that I remember, and, and it goes on sale a good amount too. And being that it's the second game, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it goes on sale even more often than the third one. Again, the third one is not great. It, it uh, gets a little too complex and up its own ass, but uh, the second one is awesome. Uh, I ended up giving... It, it, it does have... Uh, it, it doesn't have a lot of microtransaction shit in it. It has some of that, but it's, it's very much off to the side where you don't have to worry about it. I ended up buying all of the characters, uh, the extra characters that they made. Not because you need them, just because I wanted to reward... Um, I believe it's Ironhide Games. Uh, I wanted to reward them for for making something that I played so often uh, that getting these new heroes that all had some some interesting um, new attacks that um, that it was it was just fun to to be able to level up more guys as you played it. They've done a pretty great job of of uh, keeping it uh, of giving it more content as it as it's gone on. They've supported it pretty well. Uh, they've, they've added a, an endless kind of horde mode thing that is, that is all right. But the, but just the, the, the straight main game is, is so well done. And, and all of the lanes are, are really nicely put in there. Whereas, whereas the third game, it, it kind of introduces way too many mechanics that, that all get a little muddled. The, the second one is just this, this perfect, perfect amount of complexity, uh, for a game that you, you play for you know, five to ten minutes at a time and can get through one or two um, one or two different campaigns, or not campaigns, but levels. Uh, it is it is a really good tower defense game, and that is weird for me to say because I don't like tower defense. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like tower defense, but I've never played Kingdom Rush, so yeah. no comment. King, Kingdom Rush is, is very, if you get an iOS system, like that is that is one to, one to play for sure. It... <sighs> If there's one thing I don't like about those games, all of them, it's that uh, there's a little too much meme jokey stuff in there. Like in the second game, there's you can get some some kind of uh, knight guys who very much look like the. I mean, the the two upgrade paths for your guards 
are uh, Templars and assassins, and they kind of, they they do the Resquiesca and Pache thing, and they they say that, and that it's very much like, oh hey, remember remember Assassin's Creed? We do, and like, uh, still going on. Some of that some of that gets old pretty quickly, but um, but the actual strategy that's in there is is excellent. So Kingdom Rush Frontiers. You can play the first one too, but the second one is the one to play. Don't play Origins. Origins is bad. <laughs> um, number four, uh, Zach Fleeman mentioned it on his list. Uh, Drop Seven. Oh man, Dro- Drop Seven is is one of my favorite puzzle games ever. Uh, it's uh, on this list. It was kind of tough to choose between Drop Seven and Threes because they occupy that same same place in my heart um have you played drop seven at all no i, guess I you still have not played drop seven it's, oddly enough yeah it's kind of like uh it's like connect four meets tetris a little bit it's it's kind of tough to explain but you once you when you play it it takes like a match or two to get in the rhythm but then you you learn it really quickly it's it's one of those very much a minute to learn a lifetime to master kind of games and what I what I really like about this game, and other games do it too, and it's it shouldn't sound that special, but Drop Seven just kind of did it the did it first for me, and I really loved it. Uh, is that it keeps the average total uh, of your the average points from your games, so I can see. I can see my progress as it's gone up. Like I can see that, man. I, I used to you know, average around a hundred thousand points per game, and now I now I'm averaging around three to four hundred thousand points per game. And to to see that I've made this progress, it does have some leaderboards, but uh, because I'm not really playing it with a friend group, to be able to kind of play it to beat myself and to show my improvement for myself, that is that is a really cool thing that has kept me coming back to that. Um, where a game like threes, it has it has high scores. It keeps you know your I think you're like your best five scores that you've ever had, maybe even more than that. But uh, that's something you barely touch because you you know it's once in a blue moon at this point where I beat my top score or one of my top scores in threes. But every game of drop seven matters because it's going to affect my average score. Um, so that's. Ugh, I love Drop Seven. Drop Seven is so good, and the the music in that game is awesome. And they totally fucked it up when Zynga bought uh, bought Drop Seven's developer and had the game and re um, reskinned it and put out new music for it. And it felt weird, and it just they they absolutely messed it up. And enough people, thankfully uh, myself included, uh, chirped about it, and they. Uh, they they kind of reverted it. I mean, it's still the new system, but they they made it a little bit more responsive to make it feel a little bit more like the old game. They brought the old music back. Uh, they even uh, have a classic mode that that brings back the old skin. Uh, so, Drop Seven is an amazing game. That that it is something that I that I still play one or two games of. A day, almost, and wow. uh, and it's. 
I, I've had people ask, like, what's your Desert Island game before? And I've always had different responses, and now it is always just Drop 7. Because that is something I I know that I would never get sick of. Um, that I can always just keep playing. It, it might not be the most fun I've ever had, but it is the most consistent fun I've ever had over a very long period of time. I know I've been playing this game for... Uh, man, I, I can't remember exactly when it came out, but I, I know that I was in college and... I'm two years out of college now and, and I've played it all of those years. So it's been a while. Like that's a, that is a solid, solid puzzle game. Um, I'd love to do a podcast on it. I tried, I tried, uh, I, I don't think I've mentioned it before, uh, but I have tried contacting everyone from that developer and, uh, and then even de- contacting Zynga PR, uh, to try to get any of my questions answered. And I got, I got a very thin response from uh, the Zynga PR person, and uh, and just I, it wasn't nearly enough to go on. I couldn't get any of the developers to to come on with me, and I don't think that would be an interesting show to just do with two people, uh, two random people, um, because we could only talk about, hey, yeah, it's a puzzle game. It's kind of like Connect <laughs> Four meets Tetris. I, I couldn't say any more about it than I just did right here. Uh-huh. Uh, but if I could actually get somebody to tell me about the development and, and you know, why, how how some of these mechanics shaped out, that would be really fascinating. So I'll I'll keep kind of trying, but um, but yeah, it's, I'm really sad that I wasn't able to do a show on that one. Uh, number three is Sound Shapes. Uh, with, I still haven't played this game. Vita. Like that is that is a game that is awesome on PS3 and PS4. Like that that's a great way to to play that game. But I think the, the it is the reason I bought a Vita. Uh, that is very literally the reason I went out and bought a Vita. I was in Los Angeles. I was seeing a friend. Uh, it was over a different Christmas, I believe. Um, and I I played my friend's copy of, of Sound Shapes on PS3. That was also, I didn't have a PS3 at the time, so I played Sound Shapes and I played Journey. And uh, I love Journey, uh, but I love Sound Shapes oh so much more. And I was like, man, I really need to get this. I'm not going to drop all that money on a PS3, uh, but I will drop all that money on a Vita because I can play it, I can keep playing Sound Shapes right now and on the plane back, and I love handheld games, so I'm sure I'll find more games on the Vita that I like. But honestly, I would have been totally fine if my Vita was just a Sound Shapes machine, because it is that good. Uh, like the, the music in that game, we, we talked about how much the music is great in Sword and Sorcery. Uh, Jim Guthrie comes back and does an album for uh, Sound Shapes, which is just an album is kind of a collection of levels in, in Sound Shapes. Uh, and there, there are a few different. I think there are f- four or five different albums. I did a, I did another show uh, with Pierce Corshain uh, about Sound Shapes specifically, relatively recently. So you can go back and, and listen to that if you're interested more. But um, it's got a whole album by uh, by uh, uh, what's his name? It's, it's not Danger Mouse. No. Yeah, Danger yes. Mouse. I yes. think right. Yes, that's his name. God, I, I don't know yeah, why I was thinking that. Producer, right? Yes. Uh, yes. So by Danger Mouse, by Jim Guthrie, uh, by Beck. Yeah, Beck has a Beck's whole album. Uh, sadly, the Beck album is shorter than all the other albums, but the, eh. the Beck album is also kind of the best of all of the other albums. Um, and then there are a couple original ones in there, too. Like, it is... 
oh, that game that game is such a visual and musical treat and it was one of the first games that had a level editor that I really cared about. Um, I'll, I'll actually talk more about level editors in a bit uh, on on a different game, but uh, this was this was one where I was like, I really got into building levels and sharing them with people. Um, and and even when I play Super Mario Maker now, like I like Super Mario Maker, but it, it makes me want to go back actually and play more sound shapes because I think the the level creation tools in that are. Are more complex than than uh, Super Mario Maker, just by virtue of of being a game with um, uh, that's a little more arcane. Like it's it's not immediately, it's not the Mario that we all grew up with. So there are mechanics that you kind of have to learn rather than just know. Uh, but I, man, I, I love that. I I remember I made an FT, uh, FTL style level, a level that just kind of is in a very spacey kind of thing, but it. it was inspired by some of my uh, thing, some of the, my missions that I played in FTL, uh, and then for funsies, I, I went and uh, recreated Woodman stage from Mega Man Two <laughs> in sound shapes. Uh, just they they do so many. It's such a relaxing game that can also be really challenging and hard when it needs to. I think it's uh, it has like a, a super challenge mode where it's a single screen thing from that have different um, that are made from pieces of the different albums, different visual pieces. Uh, and those are extremely hard and on super tight time limits for you to get all these collectible things within the time. Those are so hard, but they are fun and they are so different from the main game, which is, Hey, take your time, collect things. There's, there's not really any penalty for failing. You just come right back to that screen. Uh, everything's fine, man. Everything's good. And oh, that, that game is that game is just so amazingly different from screen to screen and level to level and album to album. That there is there's always just some visual or audio uh, treat for you every time you you load it up and, and see the next thing. And that is, that is awesome. I, I love sound shapes and, and I would very much tell you that you should play it. I mean, I guess you need to play it on PS4 since that's the system you have, but can you play it on PS4? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it has cross by as well. So oh, if, if yeah. You... Uh, yeah. When I get a Vita, it'll be yeah. something I can definitely want to play on it. But yeah, now, now that I know it's on PS4, oh, shit, that's one I've always wanted to play it. I just totally, it's so good. As a person who really likes music, I think you would love it. You you, you yeah, appreciate well, music even more than I do. So there's Groove Coaster is not the only rhythm game on my list, uh, <laughs> an upcoming list. Yes. So. Um, all right, I need to I need to burn through my list. I'm I'm actually taking way too long. Uh, number two, <laughs> number two is Persona Four Golden on the Vita. Um, I I had never played Persona before. I played a, a Persona Three Portable on the PSP. And really didn't like it. Um, I just I had problems with the dungeon stuff. I I didn't. I think part of it was playing the portable version of it, where they where they changed changed up some of the um, not really UI stuff, but the way the world stuff works. Um, I don't know. I, I I haven't played it on the PS2, so I I don't know exactly what they changed. I just know that I, it I've was played on the PS2. I have not played it on the Vita though. All right. They I, they make it well. Uh, Persona 3 Portable is on the PSP, 
but I mean, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, as far as Persona Four, but yeah, oh, okay, not okay. playing Persona Three. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, there are, there are things I like about Persona Three, but I just never got far uh, enough to really understand it. But Persona Four, it all just came together. I that is a game where I really care about those characters, even even today. I still care so much about all of those characters. And it's why I've bought games like Persona 4 Arena, which I don't really like. Like I, it's a it's an okay fighting game. Like it's it's fine. I know some people really like it. I <laughs> shout out to to AJ Hirsch. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I I never quite got into it. It wasn't it wasn't my thing. Um, and even Persona 4 Arena's story mode is kind of garbage. Yeah. But I played it because I really care about those characters. Mm. Uh, I, I bought Persona Q, uh, for the 3DS, which I think is a really bad game because I really don't like Etrian Odyssey games. If you like Etrian Odyssey, you'll love Persona Q because it's that. Um, but I didn't, but I, I played quite a bit of that so I could just be in the world with those Persona 4 characters. Uh, and then I bought, uh, Persona, uh, 4 Dancing All Night, um, because for the same reason. And that, with, that looked like fun, and I'm yeah. That if I had a Vita, I'd totally get the game. But I also, you know, I have not completed Persona Four to its, you know, sure all the way through. So I'm kind of like, once I beat Persona Four, I will totally get more into like other Persona like stuff. Yeah, and but the problem is with all that other Persona stuff, it's all it's kind of bad, especially never as good as Four, huh? Especially in the writing, like all of the writing boils down the Persona 4 characters to their stereotypical stuff. Like, oh, Chie likes meat. Uh, Kanji is kind of kind of unsure of his sexuality. Uh, Naoto is unsure of her sexuality. Uh, more outward sexuality. Uh, more, I guess, I guess, gender identity more, more than that. Uh, like, those, those things just kind of become super shallow in any of those other games. But you don't really have, it's not like the same kind of thing, though. It's You have a larger uh, platform and a larger stage in a 40-hour right. Japanese role-playing game You're right. than a but uh, here's, quick fighting game or a dancing game. There's actually a ton of dialogue in both of those games. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but the... Like more of my stronger point is that in Persona 4, there is character development. There is a lot of character development. The characters that you meet at the very beginning of the game and, and play with throughout the game, they change a lot from, from like the first time you meet them to the end. And that's the whole point of the game, is that you are uh, becoming friends and helping each other and getting through tragedies and just strengthening these bonds like it's a the whole game is built around these bonds but there's actual character development like people people learn people become better versions of themselves they they try they learn things they there's stuff there and for any of these other persona offshoots it's like they forgot that any of that stuff happens interesting and and they just go back to boiling them down to their stereotypes which is super sad, but I still keep buying them because I love these characters so much that they did such a great job with them in 4. I mean, I can talk about so many other mechanics of 4. I think the RPG the RPG stuff they have in there, the mechanics, the way... Uh, the, it's the, active time battle. like Not the way I play it, 
Uh, I make it's actually not active time battle at all. It yeah, is, it yeah, is yeah. turn based. I, I, like I said, I've not played that much, but it is still it's a turn based. It, it is turn based. Now your your characters that are not your main person uh, have free will and they can do whatever they want. You can turn that off, which I which I did as soon as possible. So it is a completely turn based game for me when I play through. Um, I, I think there actually there is something to letting the party make their own decisions because then then you can kind of build your stories off of that of, of like letting letting them make their own mistakes. I don't know how much they really play to their own personalities, but uh, again, I, I turned that off and just played through as a regular RPG. Uh, it's a great RPG. I think the Persona system and the and the way it, you can do the fusions is really cool. Uh, there's lots of great art in that game with the personas um that that story goes places and has twists and turns it was a nice mystery um it's it's nowhere near a her story level of feeling like a detective but you definitely have a little bit of sleuthing in there and puzzle solving stuff that is that is nice uh there's there's just so many things i like about that game It, it felt it was such a joy to walk around in that game and before kind of having your illusion shattered of how little you're actually impacting things it's very linear Uh, as much as it makes it feel like you're having choices it's very linear so i actually tried playing through again this year because i i want to do a persona 4 golden podcast or a persona 4 podcast in general um, and get people like aj on and have him talk about it because i know he loves persona Uh, but playing through that game again has disillusioned me a lot uh, there was a chance that it would have been the number one on this list, but uh, but like seeing the seams now, like when I'm making different choices and I'm still being led to the same conclusions, um, it's it's reminding me that there's a lot of busy work in that game and a lot of things that just don't matter. But on my first playthrough, it was so magical to just feel like I actually had a real impact in that world, and and it still it still mattered to me. So it it gets its number two spot and and earns it. I think the uh, I, I really like the golden version too. I think they added in a lot of great stuff. Uh, I didn't play the PS2 version. I have talked to many people who have and and know what has been added and the different things people like and dislike about the new version. But um, I I like it all. In fact, my favorite character, one of my favorite characters, is Marie, who was added just for golden. Um, and some people like her, and and some people who don't. I, I, think she kind of fits a, a stereotype more than most of them do but um i think her arc has some interesting moments and is a is a good addition for, for persona 4 that i i ca- actually can't imagine the game without her so i i would be somewhat interested in playing the ps2 version just to see how different it is when you don't have that character in that arc um I, 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 up, I really need to get through the PS2 version because I it, ended it's up watching on two animes like, on this show, Matt. Huh? I watched two different animes based on Persona Four. Have you have you ever watched Fully Cool yet? I haven't. Oh God! I it. I don't actually watch that much anime, but exactly. again, it was. It's like I love these characters. I know this is. The, these animes are just retelling you got these the stories. cusp of the cliff man just dive right in yeah 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 maybe I don't know have you ever watched Redline I, I haven't I watched uh, I watched a fair amount of Naruto uh, I know okay. I know that's like not that's not a great it's not, anime to it's not one piece, hold up but it's okay <laughs> um, 
yeah. So much better things out there, though, man. I I know there are, and maybe I'll watch them at some point. I mean, I watched Ghibli movies, and I watched Akira, and oh yeah, Ghibli movies, Akira, yeah, those are yeah, yeah, those are god tier, you know. I I love I I love some anime stuff, but like I I haven't really got only three hours, man. I'm not goes by real fast. I'm actually actually because of Austin Walker on Giant Bomb, I'm I'm starting to watch uh, some some. Gundam, uh, oh, God. War okay. in the Pocket. Hold on a second. Hold on. Pause for a second. Okay. You need to watch G Gundam above all things. Is that the, like the super weird one? Like the super crazy we're talking stuff? About, we're talking about a giant robot anime here. Everything is super weird. Well, yeah, but like I'm watching War in the Pocket right now, and that one is yes. very much grounded and very. Uh, that is, yes, that is very much about humans. Almost. It, it, it's a story about humans with giant robots going around there, but it's. it's so nah, G Gundam nah, nah. is more about like, hey, there are some some robots here, and they're gonna mess some shit up. G Gundam is like the Dragon Ball Z of Gundam. Is that the one that has the like the the Mexican Gundam with the sombrero? Yes, it does okay. have the Mexican Gundam with the sombrero? All right, that's a different time, a different time period. Let's say that I'll, about the Mexican Gundam. I probably, if I can get through. These these Gundam series that Austin has said are the best, then I will probably continue on and watch some other ones. I'll just say all pales in comparison to G Gundam. That's all I'll say. Okay, okay. I and actually. What's your number one? Uh, oh yeah, my number one. Uh, before, before I say that, since we're just talking about anime, um, like I, I remember seeing some ads for Robotech, and I think uh, I think Robotech has some cool looking robots. I don't I don't know if I'll actually like anything about Robotech, but I think those robots look real cool. The robots are real cool. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of anime, uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. <laughs> Good segue. Uh, um, like that. That is my number one. Uh, it's on originally for PSP. Uh, it's on on Vita. They made a, a. I don't even know if it's really a port. I think it's just the game, the the PSP game. I mean that that, that is what a port is, right? Uh, yeah, but I but even. Yeah, I guess you're right. Never mind. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but it is, yeah, yeah, man. Pretty much the same game. Yes, it, it is. Uh, and then there's the HD version that was on 360 and PS3. Uh, in, that was in the, the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Uh, Peace Walker is my... I still want to say it's my favorite Metal Gear game ever, which isn't a high bar, because I I actually don't really like most of the Metal Gear games and, and haven't played a good portion of them either. Um, not even the first Metal Gear Solid? I haven't played the first Metal Gear Solid at all. Because, again, not a, PlayStation, not a PlayStation guy. And I know I can now that I have my Vita and it's on there. Uh, I probably won't. I've... I, I did... You probably know the story to it all. Anyway. Oh, I absolutely do. And yeah. and you know, there was a time in college where I decided, you know what, I, I had played through a lot of Peace Walker and liked it and felt like, you know, I don't really know the whole story around Metal Gear, so I ended up watching a bunch of YouTube videos that were all of the cutscenes put together. And then... Uh, I again, I feel bad like mentioning Giant Bomb so much, but uh, I watched all of the Metal Gear Scanlan where he played through <laughs> all of them. So I, I am acutely aware of of everything that happens in Metal Gear. Uh, and then I also played Five, and Five is if I was making a Game of the Year list, if I was making a top ten, it would be my number one. Uh, even though it has since I beat it, has become a worse game uh, with all the shenanigans 
Konami threw on top of it. But uh, yeah, that's what I really wanted to play this year. But I am still kind of in limbo on three, and I just want to play through that. Yeah, and then hopefully just move on to five from there. But that's fair. Uh, from what I heard, Peace Walker is uh, has its own intriguing storyline and uh, yeah. ties a lot mechanically, especially to five. Very much so. Yeah, like that's this is where Fultoning Soldiers comes in. This is where uh, it's mother base building and, and uh, outer ops stuff happens. Uh, this came out around the same time as the Assassin's Creed uh, Brotherhood where you were sending out people. Uh, it just, man, it, it was a really well-controlling game and that's crazy for a PSP game that... Uh, and, <laughs> that a, and a Metal Gear game. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, crazy for a Metal Gear game, but also crazy for a PSP game that this was so, this controlled so well and you had to use the face buttons as a second analog stick because there was no second analog stick on a, on a PSP. Uh, that's why it's also so much better to play this on a 360 or a PS3 or a Vita uh, because you have that second analog stick and it, it plays like a dream. Uh, the level structure, it, just having these little bite-sized levels that all feel, feel great. Uh, I think the stealth in it is awesome. Uh, I... I have not liked some of the stealth aspects of previous Metal Gear games, but I felt, I never felt, I always felt in control of, of Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. And that really made me enjoy the stealth more because I was, I felt like I had more, um, more ability to affect it. Whereas before I was kind of reacting to everything and this one, I could really, uh, really make things happen and, and experiment with things and try things because I knew I had such a good handle on the controls. Um, the the way you research weapons and come up with new things is awesome, uh, even even if that's a little shallow because the way the game works, you want to Fulton pretty much everyone or at least get everyone to a point where you could Fulton them. Uh, so you're going to want to use more of the Trank weapons rather than using uh, any lethal weapons. But, uh, so there are a lot of weapons that you research that just aren't helpful to you at all. But, uh, there's something about that Hush Puppy, MK-22 Hush Puppy pistol, silenced, is just fantastic. You you say a lot of things that wouldn't make sense to anybody, but being from knowing Metal Gear stuff, I know exactly what you say. Oh, it's so good. Uh, It's it's just a silenced tranquilizer pistol. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... Oh, it's so good. There's, there's. So I really, I really need to get through three, which is a game I, I've really enjoyed playing. Even the, the standard game that came out, the overtop view, nothing behind the shoulder camera. Uh, it, yeah, that that game is absolutely fantastic. And it, it, yeah, hearing you put, talk wax poetically about play, uh, portable ops just makes me really, really want to uh, try that game out too. Yeah, uh, not portable ops though. Oh, sorry, no portable. Yeah. Uh, Portable Ops is another Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker or Metal Gear Solid PSP game. Uh, I actually haven't played Portable Ops, and it is another one that's not on Peace Walker. I don't think it's on Vita. Uh, I don't think Portable Ops is on Vita. Yeah, sorry. It went Acid, Acid Two, Portable Ops, which was like what VR missions, kinda. No, Portable Ops had a story. Um, Kojima has gone on record saying that none of that stuff counts as canon anymore, or like if. If there are any conflicts, go with something that is not portable ops. But uh, but there is some story stuff in there about uh, like that's where uh, that's where Big Boss meets Colonel Campbell for the first time, and 
Um, there's there's some stuff in there. I've actually never played it. I just know yeah. some of the some of the story beats in it. But uh, Peace Walker is really cool, and and I I know I just know in my heart that Kojima meant for that to be like the the, the fifth Metal Gear game, and for it to I don't know if it failed, but it definitely didn't reach the highs well, of a of a regular Metal Gear game. Because, if he would have named it five, he would have named it V. Well, because V has already come to. Yes, V V has come. V has come to. Um, <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> but uh, but I, I mean, I think even if he called it five, it still would have been mostly a commercial failure yeah. just because it's on the PSP. So, I, including and like we said, we had you know there were other offshoot Metal Gear games, and it seemed weird that the last one to come out was you know right. part of the canon. And then in HD collection, it just feels like an afterthought because everyone's there to play the high definition versions of two and three, which which is fine and that's great. But again, like it was kind of it was kind of a, a just a over like it just got overlooked, and I think that pissed off Kojima, and I think that's why five is just so much Peace Walker all over again. Like there there are so many. So you know you've seen Star Wars, haven't you? Yet the new Star Wars, of course. Right. I don't know if it's a day before opening night. Good, good, good. Uh, I, I've seen it twice: once in 3D and once without. Anyway, so the one of the big complaints about that movie is how recursive everything is. How well, time uh, is a flat circle. Uh, uh, of course it is. <laughs> I've I've been taught that by many television shows. One in particular. <laughs> um, but the so so if that movie is is so. Um, reliant on retelling all of these classic things, like everything, everything is circular in that movie, and, and just the way that they bring lots of things back. Um, Metal Gear Solid Five is even more that way with Peace Walker. It is you are. It is the same game as Peace Walker, and then it has some twisty stuff in there as well. But like it is. Everything's the same, but not. Yeah, it's yeah. I I, I just know I, I just know in my heart that Kojima was like you you fuckers. None of you liked none of you like Peace Walker. Well, I'm gonna make Here's more Peace Walker. I'm gonna make big budget Peace Walker, and you're all gonna go gaga over it. And then then you're then you're all gonna know I, I I'm gonna be right. I I, yeah. I get to say that <laughs> I was right, and this game was awesome the whole time. And just none of you paid attention because it got put on a PSP, and he's he was so right. And, yeah, uh, it, like Peace Walker and Five are my biggest regrets of not playing so far. Yeah, they're they're good. I at at this point in time, like anybody who wants to play Peace Walker should probably just go play Five. Mm. Um, but I think I think Peace Walker is a real it was a real special game when it came out. Uh, is still a very good game now, and if you're playing it for the story, which is relatively light on the story. I mean, it, it has a it has a story. It has a hell of a lot more story than Five does. But in terms of a story that matters to the entire Metal Gear plot, it's probably not the overall Metal Gear yeah. plot. It's probably not that important. But it's I, I still have four to play through as well too. Yeah, maybe that'll come out on PS4 or Xbox One. Yeah. Who knows? And that concludes part two. Um, I. Again, thanks for thanks for Zach Fleeman for coming on. Sorry that he had to leave uh, in the middle of this episode, but I'm glad we could get his list in there. Uh, part three, you'll be hearing real soon. It's going up uh, pretty quickly, 
and that will be Matt Jaguar and me, Chase Kennedy's favorite Nintendo platform handheld games of all time. So hope you enjoyed that one. Thanks for sticking with us. Hey, Barcelona.